Welcome to Faith and Family, a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. And now from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood, and welcome to Faith and Family. I have something very special to share with you, our listeners, today. Uh, Not too long ago, I was in Calgary, Alberta, for the 20th anniversary of the Catholic Men's Conference there. And I was talking about the St. Joseph's strategy for keeping kids Catholic in the 21st century. So today I have a very special message for dads. This is going to be my live presentation to the Catholic men in Canada. Moms, you listening too, I want you to pay a lot of attention to this because really the question is, how can parents today train their children for a spiritual survival in the 21st century? Um, There is a move on against the faith and there's a massive washout from the faith But parents are key to raising children who can withstand these pressures today and thrive in their spiritual life. Let's join the Men's Conference in Calgary, Alberta. Thank you. really good to be here. This is, I, I've had the honor to speak at Catholic men's conferences all around North America, and this is the, the best of the best. And I, I just remember that time I got stuck in Salt Lake City. I think it was even later than midnight I finally got here. And remember, I was leaving on Eastern time, probably before, had to leave the house before five or six in the morning. So it was a rather long day, and uh, I remember, I think it was at a hotel, and we were, the airport here was snowed in, some guy in the back was pacing back and forth because he couldn't fly out of town, and he came up to us and said, what are you guys doing? So we were having a Catholic men's conference, and he was a cradle Catholic, wasn't practicing his faith and everything else, says, can I join you guys? We said, sure. By the end of the day, he was running at 100% Catholic. It was really remarkable. And I just remember that. So, you know, when Sean's mentioned there's certain obstacles and certain difficulties in getting something like this going, well, maybe we're just doing the right thing. So this morning, I would like to lay out for you what I call the St. Joseph Strategy for keeping your kids Catholic in the 21st century. If you're not concerned, you should be. And I'm going to be sharing how fathers can train their children to survive the challenges that we're facing in our culture today. And then for young men, I want to give you the equipment so that you can stand. Because if you're a young man, and particularly if you're going off to college, you've got to be ready to stand. You have to be ready to withstand certain assaults on your faith. By the way, how many guys are here under 25 years old? This is good. This is good. All right. My hand's up too. You see that? All right. Let's start. I'm going to give you a bunch of scriptures. It's just, uh, it's part of what I bring. But let's start with this one verse from Jesus. It's from Matthew chapter 24. Matthew chapter 24, Matthew being the first book of the New Testament. Matthew chapter 24, 
and verse 12. This is one verse I would hope that you take home. The reason is this. If we recognize a problem or a challenge accurately, then we can have a proper response. But if we're thinking that things are just kind of normal, the world's always been like this, whatever, and everything will be fine no matter what we do in raising our kids, um, then we're liable to run into some problems. So let's listen to Jesus in verse 12 of Matthew 24. And he said this, And because wickedness is multiplied, most men's love will grow cold. Now, if you read the newspaper or scan the news on your tablet or your phone, I don't have to elaborate that wickedness is multiplying in our world. Look at the changes that have occurred since the year 2000 culturally in North America. Wickedness is indeed multiplying. Now you'd say, okay, well, so what? Well, listen to what Jesus says will be the result. Most, and when he says most, he means most. That means a majority. Most men's love will grow cold. Well, if it's growing cold, then at one point it needed to be either warm or hot. In other words, people who were firm followers of Jesus, because of radical cultural changes where wickedness multiplies, the majority of those who were followers... This isn't talking about somebody out there. This is talking about us here. Most men's love will grow cold. George Barna, and by the way, I do a lot of, uh, follow a lot of surveys, the Barna Group, Pew Research, Georgetown, somewhat Gallup, and I assume that the statistics for the United States are pretty close to Canada, so I'm just making that assumption. If I'm way off, let me know at lunch. Okay, but the Barna Group gathered together about 25 different surveys and came up with this. 60% of young people, young adults, who are practicing their faith as a teenager. Most of those attending youth groups, going to church with their parents, 60% have dropped out of church life. 60% is a majority. Most men's love will grow cold. And when culture changes, the younger you are, the greater the impact will be because you've lived part of your life perhaps in a little bit different, maybe perhaps more normal times. You have a stability that young people lack. And so what we're seeing is kind of an advance notice of where the whole culture and life in the church is going. 60%. And if you take that, this is a challenge. And now there's some grand exceptions in different parts of Canada and the United States. But most parish and Catholic spiritual formation programs are following the same things that were done in the 1950s. Men, the world's changed since the 1950s. And we're using the same strategies. And I would dare say... They're not working as they should when 60% of young people are dropping out. This is Catholic and Protestant. 
There is a 1975 article that nobody paid attention to, but I urge you to. It was entitled, Wake Up! Wake Up! That was the title of the article by Alexander Solzhenitsyn, and here's what he said. We are approaching a major turning point in history. I can compare it only with the turning point from the Middle Ages to the modern era. A shift of civilizations. It is the sort of turning point at which the hierarchy of values to which we have been dedicated all our lives is starting to waver and may collapse. That was 1975. I dare say it's not may waver, may collapse. It has. We're living in a post-Christian culture. That's the situation we're facing. If you've got kids at home, you're sending your kids off to college. If you're a young man trying to stand for your Catholic faith in today's world, you're facing a post-Christian culture. And you can't simply take a pre, what, year 2000 strategy or a 1910 strategy or a 1950 strategy and hope to survive today. So I like to go back to the beginning. Go back to the Holy Family, what I call the St. Joseph strategy for grounding young people and children in the faith. Number one, like St. Joseph, ground your children and youth in the truth by teaching them where they came from. Now this might sound pretty simple, but it's the simple things that have actually been eroded and we may not recognize it. Every Jewish father, St. Joseph was the foster father of Jesus, and Jesus grew in wisdom and knowledge and in the fear of the Lord. So in other words, he matured under St. Joseph's discipleship. God picked this man to be the father of Jesus, the foster father of Jesus, and to train him. Jesus was fully God, yes, but he was also fully human. And his discipleship, his nurturing came from St. Joseph. Every, every faithful Jewish father would have told his son where he came from. Yahweh, our God, was the one who made all things, who made us. Our story begins in Genesis, and God made us. Now, listen to the Catechism of the Catholic Church. I'm going to read a paragraph, and this, this paragraph really needs to be digested by fathers who want their kids to survive what's going on and by young men who hope to stand in today's world. Listen to section 282 of the Catechism. And you can, if you don't have a Catechism at home, you can simply Google it and find this online. It's something you want to digest. I'm just, I'm just opening the door to this today. Here it is. Catechesis on creation is of major importance. It concerns the very foundations of human and Christian life, for it makes explicit the response of the Christian faith to the basic question that all men at all times have asked themselves, where do we come from and where are we going? This is like having a GPS fix. You know, you can't get a GPS location off of just one satellite. You have to have multiple satellites to get a fix. And the two 
basic things we need for what's called a worldview. And a worldview is something for many people, it's almost subconscious, but it affects all your decisions. It affects your priorities in life. It affects your morals. It affects what you do on Saturday night and Monday morning. That's a worldview. And you need to know where you came from and where you're going. What is our origin? What is our end? The two questions, the first about origin and the second about the end, are inseparable. They are decisive for the meaning and orientation of our life and actions. Both of these have been eroded to an extraordinary degree. Um, I'll just talk about the end. I have a a new radio show called Luke 21. It's talking about biblical prophecy, and it's not trying to be a crystal ball predicting dates for the end of the world and that kind of stuff. But what our end is will affect how we live today. I would dare say three-quarters of Catholic youth walking around today, and at least half of adults, think somehow or another our future identity is something like ghosts with choir robes walking on gold streets and singing on clouds. Something like that. It's a disembodied uh, eternal existence. That's many religions of the world. That is not Christianity. Okay, our future is Jesus' future. Jesus rose from the dead and then he built a fire on the beach and cooked fish. Spooks and choir robes on gold streets don't do that. Okay, there is a resurrection of the body. There will be a new body for all eternity. Otherwise, St. Paul says, why not get drunk? Why not have all the sex you can and party? Let us eat and drink for tomorrow we die. Who wants to live as a spook forever? We are created as human beings with bodies. That's part of our end. Most young people, even if they get all this theology of the body teaching, don't know the very basic thing of what's taught in the creed. The resurrection of the body. I've been to two Protestant funerals where the minister said, and now so-and-so has been resurrected. If it happens a third time, I'm tempted to say, hey, let's pop open the casket and make sure. Because when the resurrection happens, what's ever left in there, dust or bones, whatever, is going to be taken and configured into a new body that will live forever, not someplace up there on a new earth. The last scene in the Bible is Jesus comes from heaven to a new earth. And a catechism says heaven is where Jesus is. Jesus is on a new earth. If you want to see what heaven, the new heavens, the new earth is going to be like, go out to your mountains here. As Sean says, come down to South Carolina. We'll give you a preview. That's what eternity is. That's just glimpses of what it's going to look like. So anyhow, that's our end. That has been totally washed out. You know, I was a Protestant minister for a decade, and I don't know how many years into it. I remember one Easter, I, for some reason I felt like I should preach on the resurrection of the body. The fact that, you know, Jesus' body came out. You know, Mary thought he was a gardener. He wasn't a spook. He looked like a real person. He's walking down the Emmaus Road. He's just fought some guy hiking. Okay, he was in a real body. I can't get this across. So anyhow, I thought, oh, this is going to be the dumbest sermon in the world. You know, I had more people talk to me after that sermon than any Easter sermon I ever had. And I thought, you know what? They don't get the resurrection of the body. And I've seen this with Catholics, with young people. If we don't know our end...
let us eat and drink and party, for tomorrow we die. Okay? So our end is very important. What about the beginning? Well, there is an article, if you can try to find it, it was in a National Catholic Register on September 6th of 2016. To me, it was one of the more important articles to come out in several years. Because in that article, they highlighted the number of young people departing from the Catholic faith years before their parents are even aware of the fact. You see, we blame that nasty secular college for killing our kids' faith. Guess what? It was dead before they left your home. Listen to the statistics. 63% of those surveyed stopped being Catholic internally between 10 and 17 years old. The majority. Now, I'm not talking about, I'm not going to Mass with you, Mom and Dad. No. They'll go. But as soon as they get out of your sight, they're done with it. The average age for internally abandoning the faith, 13 years old. 23% of those abandoning their faith, this is according to the Georgetown Center for Apologetics and Research, 23% abandoned the faith by 10 years old. You see, the hemorrhage is taking place years before college. Now, what's the number one reason they give for you leaving? Okay? I've heard this denied recently. It just couldn't be. They think the faith is a fairy tale, particularly the relationship between faith and science. Now, I probably would have shared this 20 years ago, the first time I came up here, but I was very kind of hesitant to talk about it because I didn't want to project my experience, uh, you know, on others. Like, this is a big universal problem. It was my problem. My family moved from Pennsylvania to Florida in the early 60s. And I had been going to catechism classes in our Presbyterian church in Pennsylvania. And when we moved to Florida, my dad set up a meeting with our minister, with my sister and I, and he basically gave us the Apostles' Creed to study, and he met with us one-on-one to receive us as communicant members of the Presbyterian Church. Now, just a little P.S., uh, my grandfather was a Protestant minister, and for whatever reason, my dad tended to be very good friends with ever ministers um, of the church we went to. In fact, up north, our minister used to come out and shoot skeet with us, and uh, one year he gave us... Uh, free tickets to the Army-Navy game. So any minister who gives you free tickets to the Army-Navy game and can shoot straight, you know, is okay. So in any case, I had a positive view towards ministers. So anyway, I came back. My question was this. What's this deal about I believe God the Father, Almighty Creator of heaven and earth and evolution? How do you square the two? And basically I got a non-answer. And at that point, I can close my eyes and see that point. I get it. This is just kind of like a pretend thing we all do. We go to church on Sunday, but lo and behold, it doesn't affect us during the week. And certainly not on Friday and Saturday night. And that was it for me. For all my teen years. Almost killed myself multiple times through my just craziness. 
This is why the majority of young people are departing from the faith before they leave home. Now, a lot of my contemporaries on, in fact, almost all of them on EWTN radio and TV will say, the mantra, there's no conflict between faith and science, which is true, don't get me wrong. Um, there is no conflict between faith and true science. But what they're saying, really, because kids are actually smarter than what you might think they are, okay, um, there is no conflict between faith and evolutionary science. And uh, uh, Genesis evolution, yeah, this is kind of a tough one to reconcile. You know, personally, I know some people are going to get upset with me for saying this, but I agree with the atheist, um, Dawkins, called, he wrote The God Delusion. He said, theistic evolution is barking mad. Okay? Things have changed. And granted, just saying there's no conflict between faith and science may have worked, I don't know, 40, 50 years ago. But you know what's happened since then? Uh, particularly since the advent of computers and information science and then the discovery of DNA and then the discovery with highly, highly designed intelligence in every single strand of DNA, our knowledge of the natural world has literally exploded. And we're still quoting a mantra and basically quietly promoting theistic evolution. And you know, it's not working. When 23% who abandon the faith of those 60% do it at 10 years old, Okay, over 60% abandoned. I'm talking about internally. And this is what I did. I went to church with my parents. But as soon as I got out of their sight, that was it. God was left behind until he caught up with me. So, what do you do? I have a little flyer back there. You'll see a little microphone on the table, a little... $10 Chinese microphone for my podcast, and next to it is a, is a resource sheet. There is a DVD series uh, featuring Stephen Meyer, who is a PhD from it's either Cambridge or Oxford in the philosophy of science. And interesting, before he went and did his PhD, I don't know if there's any oil people around here, but he was doing statistical and informational computer work to try to find oil in Texas. And then he went and studied the philosophy of science, particularly, you know, DNA, and thought, wow, there's a lot of information in there. In fact, so much information exceeds all our computing. So he went and came up with what is commonly referred to today as intelligent design. Stephen Meyer has a six DVD set that I believe everybody, really all young people really need to get this. this he's got two books, by the way, and his books are a little on the heavier side. The uh, most recent one is entitled Darwin's Doubt for those. But these DVDs, Stephen Meyer is a fairly young guy. He relates real well to young people. He's giving these lectures to, uh, looks like, young college students. And he's taking the latest of science, statistics, information theory, and what we know now about DNA, even what so-called junk DNA isn't junk DNA, and then showing the statistical probability of that happening by chance is, is just 
so improbable that someone would have to be intellectually challenged not to recognize it. Okay? This is something you can do. And you can get the DVD set, information's on the back, and if you show it to your own uh, children, maybe invite some friends over, make some popcorn, let them watch this. These are fairly short segments. And then give it to your youth group. Because sending somebody off to college, they're maybe already internally gone. You need to bring them back. Okay? So, this is, this is the St. Joseph strategy. Every Jewish father would have conveyed to his son and to his daughter where they came from, who made everything we see, and then the design and purpose in everything. And according to the Catechism, that is basic and foundational. You want to pull out nearly two-thirds of our young people and have them fall flat in their face? Just pull the foundation out. Give it a little bit of time, flatten its face. So this is how to reinforce the strong foundation. You've been listening to Faith and Family. I'm your host, Steve Wood, and I was sharing with you a live talk I gave at a Catholic men's conference in Calgary, Alberta, sponsored by the God Squad up there, police officers, Catholic police officers who are reaching their fellow Catholic men. And I want to underscore the importance of the message that you just heard. You know, in the Bible, in Hebrews chapter 11, it's the faith chapter. And as I said in my intro to my talk that you've just heard, there's a tremendous washout going on today. And people are asking themselves, well, what can we do to prevent the washout? In Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 3, it says, By faith we understand that the world was created by the word of God, so that what is seen was made out of things which do not appear. This chapter goes on to talk about Abraham and all the great works of God in the Old Testament. But if you really want to destroy the faith, why not pull out the foundation? The very beginning of faith is that God created the world. And as a parent, you want to be just like St. Joseph and the Blessed Virgin Mary. What did they do? They told the great story of the God of Israel who created the heavens and the earth. Till next time, this is your host, Steve Wood with Faith and Family. Faith and Family is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. Visit us online at dads.org to order copies of Faith and Family broadcasts and to learn more about Catholic family life.